It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Friday, July 10th of 2020. Episode number 69, broadcasting from our tribute to Brett Lux Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to start this off. We are dedicating this show to our boss, uh, Brett Luck. Um, uh, he did pass away 4th of July weekend in an unfortunate accident. Uh, we're feeling it here. It's been a rough week here at the uh, at the studios. And, you know, I don't want to go too much into it, but I, f- I feel that we need to really kind of pay tribute to him because to know Brett was to know a really, really good guy. Absolutely. Uh, Brett was a good friend of mine. I've worked with him for over 20 years now, and uh, it's, uh, this has been a tough week. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, I'll say this, is that uh, as far as, um, you know, bosses that I've had in radio, because I've had a few radio jobs, is he was firm but fair. I mean, that, that term is used really loosely, but he really was, because he was like... He was like a friend, but just really and a guy you you could go to. I mean, a lot of jobs talk about like chain of command. Right. So you have quite a few people that work under you. But if there was an ever an issue, you could actually go up and talk to him no matter you know what the situation was. So um, a funny story with with Brett is we were uh, discussing Santa Slays month and we we were discussing, um, you know, what movie we should do and. I think the movie was, I, I, I messaged him on email and I said, um, I thought I had opened up your your window and I said, hey, uh, can we do Christmas Evil instead of Silent Night, Deadly Night this week and flip-flop the weeks? <laughs> His response back was, uh, I like a little less evil in my Christmas. <laughs> uh, I, and I remember that. And it, it has to pertain to the horror, horror podcast. Uh, and I talked to him later that day. I said, hey, come on, man. You got to come on. He's like, I really don't like horror movies. So he'd be rolling his he, eyes right now. He but. liked he liked spy novels. That was what he really liked. Brett was more of a peer than a, a boss to me. Uh, he's one of these guys that makes, you know, coming to work a better experience you know he, yep. he was always uh he's one of the people you like to come to work to see and uh not having him there is a uh, it's going to be a, a bit of a hole there without without him around he was uh, also a huge fan of the band rat so, <laughs> <laughs> so he had he had some good dates and things uh maybe not horror movies but uh but he, he likes some cool stuff uh, that's all right well we're gonna miss him uh you know it definitely left a hole in in our company and uh you know through the entire company of our our radio group but yeah he'll definitely be missed and we're thinking about him and his family right now but absolutely uh we're gonna move on i mean let's get into this it's been two weeks dude or or like almost three weeks since you've been on buddy how how have you been other otherwise uh i've been doing all right otherwise uh the summer's been going okay and i had some good vacation and uh things things went pretty well uh got up and did some snorkeling and some other stuff uh so that that was good here's something interesting you don't know about andy and i didn't know this until i saw it on facebook i didn't know you had your pilot's license oh yeah yeah i have my pilot's license i was in a plane crash once were you really? Was. You can Google that. Are you okay? <laughs> uh, well, it was 10 years ago and I'm still here. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, yep. That was my fault. I ran out of gas. You ran out of gas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. I, I own it. I'll, I'll own that. I, it was my fault. <laughs> 
So <clears throat> I, uh, I did some remedial training with the FAA, kept my license, but, uh, yep, made a mistake there and, uh, crashed plane once. Well, I'm so. glad you, you're, you're still okay and, uh, you haven't done it since. <laughs> I haven't done it since. I've flown more hours since then than before it. So, I, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you pay attention to our Instagram page. Uh, we got a lot of great friends on there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the one that mostly does it. Andy will jump on there on occasion. Um, I want to give... Uh, some major love to Malevolent Productions. Oh, yeah. uh, Melissa, who owns it, uh, they're from British Columbia in Canada, and these pictures are beautiful. Um, their models are recreate uh, like horror movie scenes. Um, it really is, you know, I just check them out, follow them. Malevolent Productions and Melissa, they do such a fantastic job. I mean, and they're they're terrifying looking scenes. Cool. And I just, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I want to give it a plug. And this is going to be a first for the Horror For You podcast. Yeah. Uh, Anya Gore, also from British Anya Columbia. Gore, yep. She is one of the models, uh, messaged me. And she said that she's actually starting a podcast, which is called Horror and More with Anya Gore. Because she likes our podcast and we inspired her. Inspired by Horrorphoria, I guess. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So, a- on, Anya, yeah. best of luck to you. If you need anything from us, if you want us to jump on, we'd love to have you on the podcast at some point. Um, good luck. I mean, it's a, and welcome aboard to the, the horror movie podcasts. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Horror movie news. Okay, horror movie news. Halloween Kills delayed until 2021. We're going to have to wait till October 15th, 2021 to see the sequel to the 2018 reboot of the franchise. Uh, the official statement, according to Bloody Disgusting, says that John Carpenter and David Gordon Green do not want to release it to a, quote, compromised theatrical experience. Gotcha. I think it's kind of lame myself. You know how I feel about that. Too many of these old Hollywood types suck up for the theaters, I think. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Halloween, Halloween Kills isn't the only movie being and delayed. Uh, A24 has delayed St. Maud once again. I think we watched the uh, trailer to that. Yeah. Uh, Possession Thriller has been delayed uh, from April to July uh, of maybe next year now. Oh, it got delayed from April to July. But once again, it's being delayed as theaters uh, still aren't open. Uh, rumors suggest that the new opening date will be October 23rd. So that's of uh, 2021. Yeah. yeah, I misread my notes here, but uh, yeah, no, of 2020, I guess. Oh, 23rd, 2020. Okay. Uh, so it had gotten delayed from April to this month, but now it's going to be opening uh, October 23rd. Hopefully, I'm excited to see that one. Me too. The trailer looked really cool. Uh, directed by Rose Glass, according to JoeBlow.com. Uh, it's Glass's first feature. Said to be a stunning horror debut in the vein of Hereditary and The Witch. That's some pretty good company. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. It's been described as a chilling and boldly original vision of faith, madness, and salvation in a fallen world. Yeah, I kind of get a vibe of like, like kind of a reverse of The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. Maybe? That's kind of kind of what it looks like. So yeah, and A24 has been on fire. I mean, it really has. The Witch, Hereditary, yeah. Midsummer, the Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, all that. Are you a Tremor, Tremors fan? I liked it back in the day. Uh, I, I don't think I got past the first one. I mean, no. I really enjoyed Kevin. I Kevin think I've only so seen, yeah, I've only seen gross. the first one, right? Uh, yeah, so for the third week, I have Kevin Bacon-related news. 
<laughs> related because he was in the first one, obviously. I don't think he was in any of the other ones. Uh, Michael Gross shared a photograph of himself on the set of the latest installment of the Tremors franchise, the seventh in the series called Tremors Island Fury. Oh, boy. Uh, he's got a bit of a Robinson Crusoe look going on. Uh, maybe uh, if you don't know who that is, Tom Hanks in Castaway. Yeah. kind of looks like him. Yeah. Uh, pretty long white beard and hair. It's a different look for him. He's standing in front of a, like a structure made from palm fronds. Uh, looks like a hardcore Survivor contestant, maybe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've been on Survivor for six yeah. weeks. Straight. I love, I love that character. So uh, I'll maybe check, uh, check this. Maybe I'll have to catch up on the uh, five that I missed in between this it, one. But if, if I remember right, Tremors was Sharknado before Sharknado was ever made, right? Because it was the underground yeah, worm of, thing, yeah. kind of yeah. silly, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of didn't, didn't take itself too seriously. Right. 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 It was. It's a horror comedy. Yeah. Less, so well, that's uh, what I remember about it. Yeah. Exactly. A movie called The Hills Have Eyes for You has been picked up by Netflix. It's a horror romantic comedy <laughs> written by David Steve. He's, he's the guy who wrote uh, Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon. I know you like that one. I love that. That was like that was like a total meta horror. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. It'll be directed by Eli Craig, who, of course, wrote Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Yes. Uh, lots of genre bending probably going on in this one. Uh, details are scant about the plot, but I can imagine that with this team, it'll be pretty uh, interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad he's working on this rather than the Tucker and Dale vs. Evil sequel. I don't think we need that. We don't. There's really <laughs> no point for that. Because it was just brilliant, that first one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree completely. So so are we doing horror movie trivia? Horror movie trivia. Go ahead. All right. Director Marcus Dunstan headed this movie and its sequel, The Collection. True or false, there will be a third movie. Hmm. I don't know. The third collector collection mm-hmm. movie. I suppose after. So I've seen both of these because we're going to talk about the uh, sequel next week. Right. Um, and there is definitely probably a, a you could maybe I don't know you tell me true. obviously you okay. know really You're right it is true really yep it's called the collected oh really awesome it's, it's in post production now seriously yep wow awesome all right well I, I you know I, I think you'll find that I've enjoyed these uh, enjoyed this movie so it'll be really interesting to see that yes sir uh, this was originally conceived as a prequel for Saw the collector was originally conceived as a prequel for Saw and you can see of that within this film. Uh, Saw itself was inspired by the ni- this 1995 film starring Brad Pitt, which is a movie also takes some inspiration from. Well, it's very simple because the opening sequence is exactly like the movie Seven. That is correct. It is uh, inspired by Seven. Exactly. All right. Andy's Chainsaw Plot. Yes. Arkin, a, form, a reformed thief, goes back to his life of crime to save his wife and daughter, but his theft of a ruby from a family home he is working on goes horribly wrong when a more dangerous criminal who collects humans and uses trap to ensnore, traps to ensnare his victims also targets the same house. That was perfect. All right, here is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about the collector of... 2009 in its entirety if you have not seen this movie pause the podcast go watch it and find out what we have to say about it thoughts about the collector so i um so i've seen both of these and i saw them pretty close to each other um this one is a good movie it's definitely worth watching you should watch it before the sequel the sequel is superior in my opinion okay um I have some problems with this movie. It's not as well put together. I feel like the concept of this movie 
uh, is a lot better than its execution. It really is a very interesting concept, and I think it builds to... My problem with this movie was that it built... uh, what it built to, it didn't measure up to. I thought the ending was poor. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I thought everything leading up to the ending was pretty amazing. I was I was kind of at the edge of my seat on this one for most of the movie. I think the villain is fantastic. I love the villain and the concept of this villain. Right. Um, but uh, there are some flaws with this particular one. I think they iron those on the sequel we'll talk about next week. Well, I haven't seen this movie in its entirety, uh, to be honest. I mean, this is the first time I actually got to watch it all the way through. Okay. And I have not seen the collection at all. So I, I, you say it's superior, so I'm actually looking forward to it. I, too, think this movie had a very unique spin on a home invasion. Yeah. The antagonist was really, really cool looking. Almost like a BDSM looking dude, you know? <laughs> right. Gimpy right. looking. Yeah. You know? I mean, and it was terrifying. Very simple. I mean, his mask, it was just, you know, this mask or whatever, but it was it was terrifying. Yeah, it really, it really was. was. He was and a scary, scary villain. This movie could have been a lot better than it was. I agree with you. I completely uh, agree with you. It was so cluttered. It was so yeah. hard to follow. Mm-hmm. And it was like... You know, the one thing I kept thinking to myself after the movie was over is like, I've seen this movie before. Oh, wait, it was called Saw. (laughs) (laughs) To some extent, yeah, I can see how you'd think that. Um, It's okay. I mean, it's... That's exactly how I feel about this movie. The concept is good. So Um, I brought brought both of these. I put both of these on the uh, schedule because collectively... (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Collectively, they are, I I think, great. And once you see the sequel, I think you're going to be very impressed with where they (laughs) went with that. Uh, this one, yeah, it's got it's got some problems, almost like a like a Empire Strikes Back or something, where it, it's leading into a sequel too much, and it, it leaves it leaves way too much open, I think. Um, and I guess we should spoiler alert before I say any more, but already you already did it. We're that's good. right. Okay, uh, so um, that's my problem with this is that it you really should watch both of these together. It on, on its own, you're right. It's not great. Mm. Uh, it's got and like I said, it's got some great concepts, a great villain, a great con, uh, great premise, uh, some great gore and stuff happens in this movie, but uh, it 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 just doesn't lead to anything really. Here's another problem I had with it, and okay, I can look past all these uh, you know the these booby traps that they have throughout the movie, right? Which okay, again, I've seen Saw, I've seen. Like, I think I've seen all saws. Yeah. Um, this is in a house and the house was a nice size house. But I think I think the director kind of missed of of encapsulating that of being inside of a house and making it feel smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, there was a movie. I, I want to say it was like Satanic Panic or something like that. Mm-hmm. When the windows get boarded up or, or there was some movie we watched when the windows got boarded up. And it, the house just got small, and you felt that tent. Uh, yeah, that, 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 I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't that, recall. I, I don't remember what movie it was, but but there's something about that aesthetic of of you're in a house, and what this what this antagonist did, you know, it didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like you know, sure, I could walk around the corner and there he is. I mean, it, this house felt like the biggest house on the planet. It was a nice size house, yeah. but it looked like it just you could go anywhere and hide and get away. And I, you know, I, a long time ago we talked about this. I have a, I do have a problem with that, like where uh, things just open up and they're too big. 
Yeah. You know, and, and like, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that kind of happened in this movie. Absolutely. there It was. It was too big. It didn't seem claustrophobic en- enough. Right. I, and I think what, what the, the antagonist did, the way he, you know, put all these booby traps around, it, it could have very easily brought that kind of together where you're you're just because it would get you more into the movie like to me it was like okay well you know this guy can run a mile and still not be at the other end of the house yet right yeah it it totally felt like that i agree and Uh, it could have been much scarier if it did not yeah i don't know man it it was okay um (laughs) i I agree i mean end of the podcast it's an it's an okay movie um and it's but i think it's worth watching and and you pair it with this with its sequel and i think you'll be You'll see that it, it it improves the uh the original. And you told me that, and and I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm not I'm not making this sound like the biggest piece of crap movie ever. That's not. You, you no, could it's do great. A it's lot an, it's worse. an enjoyable film on its own. I yeah, I, I mean, I there's think, some yeah. there's some okay gore. It's things that we've seen before. Um, okay, we'll kick it off. A married couple. Um, they get home. They're, they're kind of drunk. Um, the power's out, and um. They find a box in their bedroom. You know, it starts moving and they get grabbed from behind. So the, this this kicks off the movie. It's a very short scene, maybe two minutes. Right. You know, the, it's just establishing the characters of the couple getting home after, a, you know, a date night out. Lights are off. They get grabbed. They see this mysterious box in the middle. It starts moving. Obviously, there's somebody in it. Cut scene to, to the sequence, the right. seven sequence where it's like you see hands and all these bugs and like newspaper clippings. And I'm like, I've seen that before in <laughs> right. seven. And again, I, I, I like the fact that he pays homage to it and he's not. He's not skirting away from it, but it was so similar to well, Seven. It, yeah, it was a very Marilyn Manson-y video. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, it had a very Marilyn Manson video feel, which was, uh, there was a lot of movies in the 90s that tried to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, uh, it was almost like a trope for uh, the opening credits of a 90s horror movie. Oh, a late nineties, yeah. late nineties horror movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Where where it's like it's leading you down the like nine inch nails kind of music, and then yeah. uh, scratched up grainy film. It yeah, leads you that, lots that of weird horror things. adjacent yeah. floor. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Um. So I, I and then once we get out of that, I love the aesthetic of the house. I love the look of the house. Yeah. Because it was, I wouldn't say it was Victorian, but it's a, it looks like an older style house, and people are working on it. There's a lot of renovations. We find this family. Um, they're getting ready to go on a vacation, and right. uh, that's where we're introduced to Arkin. Right, he's a he's a handyman. He's obviously had some issues. He's uh, you know, I don't know if he recently got out of prison or, or what, but uh, you know, he's uh, he, a former convict. He's a former or, convict. or he is a con. Right, he served his time. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you meet the little girl, and then they go have a tea party, and I. If, I don't remember. They don't really lean into that relationship. I mean, I know I understand that that since he is a father himself to a daughter. Yeah. He you know, he understands, you know, the, the you know, the, the bond that they could have as far as they're having a tea party. And he's like, you know, he's not going to be, hey, kid, leave me alone. He has right. his daughter of his own. So he's going right. to be more apt to, you know, go go spend some time with this little girl. Um, but they didn't do anything with that. Um, he he was protect protective of her. Yeah. Um, but it was like, you know, I thought there could have been more to that relationship. 
I think I think towards the end that relationship. I I don't know. Yeah, it's not not well greatly developed or anything like that. But uh, I thought you know that particular relationship kind of ended up at the end. It gave him someone to care about. I guess that you know I I don't know. I agree. It wasn't great, but um. So yeah, they're uh. Let's see. Arkin gets some money. He ends up going to a bowling alley, seeing his daughter. I, I'm assuming that's his ex-wife. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's actually his wife. Oh, okay. So, uh, in what I've read, it, it calls it, it calls it her his wife. So, okay. I think she's she's into these loan sharks. Where it really did seem like there was some sort of uh, antagonism between them. Yeah, like it was his ex-wife, but. I couldn't quite figure that one out, but obviously she owes like some bad people money. Like she's borrowed money from loan sharks or something like that. Yeah. And she's got until what? Midnight to pay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> he and gets he, this envelope from, uh, he's, well, he put, he bought his daughter like a teddy bear or something like that. And yeah. I think she was upset about that because she needed that money to save her, you know, legs from getting broken or whatever was going to happen here. Yeah, exactly. So he hands the envelope of cash. She's upset about this. Uh, Arkin decides that he's going to go to a strip club where these loan sharks are. I'm assuming they own the place. Uh, he makes a deal with them that that they need the money, but he's uh, doing renovations at the Chase's house, um, and and you know there's there's obviously safes and stuff like that in there. So there's probably a lot of money. He knows how to crack open a safe, which I'm assuming. You know, robbery was his deal because he knows how to crack into this safe. Um, the, the the leader guy is kind of hesitant about it, but then he convinces him, hey, listen, I'll go there. I'll get this money. I'll get this all taken care of. Um, yeah, so he says he's going to grab the riches. Uh, he gets to the house. He breaks into the house. He's hearing noises. It goes to the safe. Mm-hmm. And then... Is that when the dad comes out? Yeah, the dad comes out and he's, and he's all jacked up, messed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, completely like like he just got um, like totally. What what's the trap he gets in? The the dad the the um, his name is Michael. Michael. Yes, uh-huh. um, he gets in a trap and then uh, the the this is where we get introduced to the antagonist, the the mask guy, the collector takes him downstairs and this is the scene where he picks up the phone and there's right. a nail in it right there's a nail in the phone right exactly uh-huh. uh, yeah so um takes he, him downstairs uh <laughs> it's got that nail um and then he gets his hand stuck in the window because he's right. trying to get out and then right so he finds out that all of the windows are inescapable and there's razors and stuff and he's trapped in this house basically <laughs> so he's broken into this house that he can't break out of. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, so he tries to get out. Yeah, he sees more deadbolts on the... Um, yeah, there's like eight deadbolts on the uh, on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, All of a sudden. Yeah. So he, uh, he goes into the basement and uh, Michael, you know, the, the, the dad tells him that the wife is captured as well. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, he tells him that, okay, in this safe... Because he realizes that he's not the bad guy or, or that Arkin's not the bad guy. He tells him, go to my safe. There's a gun in there. Right. So he goes up there. Um, so he opens it up. The wife's in the bathtub. Yep. Like she's blindfolded and like tape over her mouth. Right. Um, 
oh, this is where they find that ruby, that, that yeah. big giant ruby. He, he, and he puts it in his pocket or whatever. He also finds out that the gun has no bullets, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which isn't uh, very useful to him r- right now. Um, he finds another box in the in the, one of the closets, and it's actually the guy from the beginning. So yeah. he's stuffed inside the box now. Um, he the, tells him to shut up and pushes him back in there. Right. Um, and then he goes to a room. And Andy, dude, another movie where an animal dies. Yeah, I know, man. I I don't know. It's like six weeks in a row now. I know. <laughs> I. Yeah, at some point, <laughs> doesn't like the, the the mom the mom tells. Um, uh, Arkin that her daughter's there. Right. So he he needs to go find her daughter. Right. So he's looking around and he goes into her room and, you know, steps on this glue acid thing where the cat's stuck. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, his shoes get ripped off because it's, like, stuck on there. The killer comes in and, you know, he hides under all the pillows and blankets and stuff like that. So he, he gives, he leaves. Um... Well, when he, when he found this guy from the beginning in the trunk, the guy explains to him that uh, that the masked guy is a collector of people. He collects one person and kills everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he kind of explains that to him, and then he shoves him back in there because he's uh, you know being loud and won't shut up, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, uh, he, he goes... Uh, he goes back down into the basement, discovers that the the dad is dead. He he helps the, the wife escape. Mm-hmm. Um, she's you know been tortured. They get out of the basement, uh, but the wife sees her husband's corpse, uh, and panics. Yeah, and she then, freaks out mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. she gets stabbed like boom. You know, right? Pretty good slasher kill right there. It, it was a good slasher kill actually. Yeah. Um, the daughter comes home. The older daughter yeah. comes home. Yes. Yeah, because earlier in the movie, right. she's like getting really flirty with Arkin. She did. She got like inappropriately. Fl- well, not that he, <laughs> it was like you know. Yeah, she got very flirty with uh, with Arkin, and Arkin you know was appropriate about it. He he didn't. Uh, I requite that at all. So, uh, but uh, she's here with her boyfriend Chad, mm-hmm. and uh, they're gonna have sex. Um, and <laughs> and they, the collectors just peeping on yeah. them, man, just just like like oh yeah. yeah. It, was, it was almost like a um, like a Leatherface kind of thing. He's like licking his lips, like yeah, <laughs> like leather. I got like a Leatherface vibe to that. Where yeah, he being was very uh, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> being voyeuristic voyeuristic and very creepy and yeah like like for most slashers which was a little different was like he was he was just waiting for something to happen he wasn't going to attack right i mean he was going to watch this thing you know michael myers would absolutely yeah he would have he would interrupted this before it happened right exactly (laughs) right he would have just you know hey i'm gonna take care of it now yeah (laughs) Um, right so yeah the, the, her boyfriend ends up like they notice him. Boyfriend ends up trying to attack the uh, the collector, mm-hmm. and uh, he, the collector ends up throwing him into this room, uh, like the living room or whatever. He's got a whole bunch of bear traps in it. <laughs> that was cool. That that was kind of my favorite kill of the yeah, whole I think, movie. I think I think well, Jill's death was pretty good too, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, yeah, the bear traps are pretty good. Um, and and then she make Jill makes a nine one one call, so she gets a nine one one call out. Uh, Arkin frees her. Um, she doesn't. Uh, she she thinks he might be in on it though too. Right. So uh, and uh, then she gets killed. <laughs> oh, is that the projector screen? Yeah, kill? that was the projector screen kill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, yeah. That that was all right. Um, 
He finds the youngest daughter. Yeah, he does. Right. What, what was her name? Uh, Hannah. So, Hannah. so that's that's when he uh, kind of his relationship with her kind of comes to a circle because uh, he ends up, you know, trying to save her, mm-hmm. um, and he starts preparing a a, a trap to uh, kill the collector. Actually, so yeah, he puts uh, Hannah in the Anna Hannah Hannah. Okay, yeah, puts her in the like the laundry chute to get her away. Um. So he's trying to set up the trap. He gets knocked out. Yeah, he knocks him out, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he sends her down the laundry chute, and then he he ends up uh, getting knocked out, and he uh, and the collector has him tied up. Yeah, and then um, the old guy gets out of the out of the the case, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since I've seen this, but um, gets his head smashed. Right. Uh, the the collector pulls off his mask. So, oh, then he gets knocked out by Arkin, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Now, now I'm right where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, the <laughs> a police guy comes and gets attacked. Well, I guess uh, the collector has a dog. Yeah. Right. Somehow he has a jo- dog throughout this whole thing, and. Uh, and, he, and I guess, you know, and I think in the next one, he has dogs, too. So, the yeah. Um, he, the, Arkin ends up killing the, the dog, too. So there's two animal deaths, actually, in this in this movie. Um, and, yeah, he uh, dog ends up with a uh, bucket that's on fire on his head. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Arkin actually gets away with Hannah. Yeah, that's right. So. Um, Arkin runs to the road, gets the gets the attention of uh, the rest of the police. Hannah gets carried away by the police. Tells the collector was an exterminator that was working at the house. And um, oh, the, like the the wife, she was uh, she was hooked up to bombs. Yeah, that's right. And then mm-hmm. so they were they were getting ready to go off. Um. Oh, he grabbed the shotgun. That's how he killed the dog. He grabbed one of the cops' shotgun and yeah, shoots right. the dog. Yep. Um, and then the collector gets stabbed by chandelier, like that with that, all that the knives sh- on. Yeah, it? that chandelier that that and it's been kind of a uh, um, alluded to the whole movie because like Jill's boyfriend had walked under it, and I think Michael had walked under it too. Right. Uh, yeah, it ends up dropping on the collector. So. So. But the house explodes for some unknown reason. The collector had gotten out or something. Yeah. Um, so Arkin is getting take, taken by the ambulance. Um, the yeah. collector ambushes the ambulance, kills everyone in there except Arkin. And then we come to this ending where you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. This, this Go is ahead, my, Andy. This is my problem with the uh, movie is that... You know, you think the the collector is beaten, and it's kind of a satisfying and kind of a satisfied ending. Yeah. But then they like set up this sequel at the end, and I and I think they could have probably um, ended the movie with the collector being, you know, uh, defeated or whatever, and uh, and then and then done this in the in the sequel. You know, showed how he got away in the sequel or something like that. It was kind of a. It just seemed kind of weak. And it was it was a bit unsatisfying to to have him have him win at the end after everything they'd gone through. Well, yeah, he ends up capturing Arkin and puts him in the box, right. which you see in a post credit scene. 
And, you know, Arkin's in there saying, I'm going to kill you. And he's watching like a slideshow or something like that. Yeah, he's watching a slides show. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just it just uh, the ending was was poor. I, I thought um, and everything that led up to that had been really interesting. I, I, I thought, you know, I, I, I yeah, I mean, some of the kills were cool. Where, where, where I was going, I was kind of like wondering where it was all going to go and how they're going to beat this guy, because he was, you know, he's like he's a slasher killer. He's kind of uh, uh, unbeatable or whatever. He's getting out of all these. Uh, he's got some superhuman qualities to him, like Jason or something like that. Oh, yeah, you know? Michael Myers. Exactly yeah. right. And he's the you know, it's the trope of the silent killer, you know, mm-hmm. you know, except ch- ch- yeah right <laughs> right it's kind of like that so to have him show up at the end it was it was really um dissatisfying i thought right and it was a weak ending to the movie um and i thought it could have ended uh a little better and i know it, it i don't know some kind of european ending or something where the bad guy wins whatever you know i just it, I, it, it can be done better than that and this wasn't executed all that well here's what i've been thinking about is i think with most slasher movies because there was a lot of confusion to me about what this movie was. You know, if you had to put a sh- subgenre on it, mm-hmm. is it a slasher? Is I think, I, I, think I call it a slasher. You know, uh, it, sure, it's a home invasion movie too, but I would call it a slasher. I think the collector has a lot of, you know, uh, um, traits that are that are very much like uh, Freddy or Michael Myers or something like that. I don't think he's he's not like the. Uh, the guy in Saw, and I, his name escapes me now. Jigsaw. J- 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 well, yeah. Um, John. John, whatever his name is, yeah. Uh, he's not like that guy, because that guy's kind of in the background. You know, you don't see him at all. Right. This guy is more in the forefront. Uh, he is like a slasher killer, you know, I, I, I think. I would say superhuman, but not supernatural. See, well, here's the thing about a slasher. Maybe the, the just problem- really lucky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like... And maybe I'm just basing it off of what I saw in this movie. Yeah. There is zero backstory to this antagonist. Right. Um, Michael Myers had a backstory. Right. They built Jason's backstory in the first movie. It's true. Freddy Krueger had a a backstory, backstory. which you found out, you know, two thirds through the way, Mm -hmm. way through the movie of who Freddy Krueger was. But there was nothing. Yeah, you're right. And the the only thing you knew about this guy is he would kill everybody else in the house and collect one one person. person, Right. What was that for? Well, do we need that explanation, though? Doesn't that make it make it more scary? Not that he's really. just doing this, like, uh, for who knows why. Nobody understands why he's doing I don't know. Again, I think you could have, uh, you, they could have really erred by making him have some um, ridiculous origin story, too, that that doesn't it, add it up. It could have gone bad. It, you know, but, so but I would I, rather have a little bit of a story of who this guy sure. was. Because, I mean, even the Sawyer family in Texas Chainsaw, it's kind of similar because you didn't really know their right. backstory, but you all you knew you kind of find, find, found out who they were at the end of the movie. They're cannibals. Yeah. They're all a family. You know, the, the grandpa was was, I think, uh, probably supernatural. Like he was that old and he drank blood. So vampire, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, well, and it, I mean, you don't get an explanation for that either, though. And uh, I don't know. Then in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, they're like the uh, world chili champions. I mean, do you really want that? <laughs> well, that's why that movie was so bad. It was good. It was, yeah, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I think less of an explanation is better. And I, I feel like. Um, but don't, I mean, just like even like a little bit. I mean, just maybe 
maybe now maybe that wasn't my major problem with the movie it was it was the way it ended and that it didn't resolve anything you no. know i mean i mean nothing really this guy had been defeated soundly he got that chandelier dropped on him he, and uh for all of intents and purposes he should have been gone and then all of a sudden he should and I, again if he shows up in the sequel fine you mm-hmm. know show that at the beginning of the ne- of the sequel it was i just thought it was a very weak ending to the movie yeah and i think i, I may relook at it after we do the sequel because you said it was superior to what this is the and, definitely and gives, superior to that. gives you more explanation and i'm fine with that you know but i'm mm-hmm. just basing it off of actually sitting down and watching it you know again some of the kills were good I mean, I'm not going to say mm-hmm. great because we've seen this before when we watch Saw. Sure. You know, the, I, I thought the bear trap kill was pretty interesting. I thought it was decent. Uh, the projector kill was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting your hands stuck in a in a metal teeth trap in the window. Okay, we've seen that before. <laughs> Degloving is always good. Yeah. yeah, didn't we see that in, uh, well, that, that came later, but uh, Dr. Sleep with that lady. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was degloving. That, that, that was a sure. better look that at it. That was a too. better degloving. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, yeah, the killer was kind of cool. I just... No, I really liked the killer in this. I thought the killer and the concept were fantastic. And I hate bringing this word up all the time, and I say it all. There's no... There's no real cohesiveness to this. I, I think it was it was a little disjointed. You're right, and, you know, and, I, and I like I said, like we know this was a supposed to be a prequel to Saw. Okay. So I think a lot of the backstory and all of that was in the other movies. So they didn't develop that. You know, uh, they they but, went a different direction, and it just didn't. Uh, they right. didn't bother with that. I, I get that. But I mean, it was very sophisticated about these traps. So if this yeah. was supposed to be a prequel, you know, you would see less sophisticated traps. And some of these were pretty, pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, right. And it isn't a, a prequel to Saw. Yeah, but, it, it's you know, not. It, it's not. So uh, I don't know. It, my problem with the movie isn't the backstory of the killer or anything like that. My problem is is more the way the story uh, was resolved. Right, and and again, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to stay away from these comparisons. And if it's okay, it's a slasher, but if there's no rhyme to the reason, you know what mm-hmm. movie did Home Invasion? No rhyme to reason, brilliantly. The Strangers. The Strangers, right. Where it's just like, you were home. You were home. Sorry. <laughs> right, right. And how was the house I, I found, set I found up that, that I found the ending of that movie very unsatisfying, too, to be honest. Did you really? I really did. Oh, I, I loved I really it. didn't like the ending of The, of the Strangers, either. But, uh, A little ambiguous, but it was. It was. was, it, was for, it was too ambiguous. Like, but, like to uh, me, it was. I liked it, but and, uh, yeah. you know, we could talk about that one at another time. But okay. Uh, oh. Do we miss anything on this? I did like I, the teeth. Didn't did he rip out some teeth? Yeah, he did. He did do that. Too. That, that always out, yeah. That uh, kind of that kind of makes me yeah. cringe a little bit. But I kind of yep. love that. <laughs> that was uh, that was good torture there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Andy, you're the one that like picked these next two weeks out. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let you rate it first. Sure. Uh, I'll give I give this one on its own two stars. Okay. So uh, that's what I'm going for with uh, with the collector. Again, the concept, the villain, they were. Excellent, but the uh, you know the the way the movie was resolved in the in, in the probably the last quarter of the movie just kind of uh, didn't wrap it up or and wasn't satisfying. So I didn't hate it. Um, yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's good, and I'd say it's okay. Uh, I'm gonna also give it a two. Because you could do a lot worse. You could, I mean, nothing's as good as Veronica, but, you know, <laughs> I'm going to bring that up for the rest of the year, by the way. Hey, that's uh, that's another movie I made us watch. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I, again, I, I know you didn't need the explanation. I kind of wanted one just to kind of sure. 
maybe because I wasn't trying to relate to the killer. I'm not trying to empathize with him. You no, know? I, but there's I, a rhyme to the reason. You know, there there was no reason Michael Myers was evil, but he was just evil. But you well, knew and that. It's his backstory and Jason's backstory and Freddy's backstory do add to the story. I mean, there's that you you get the motivation and you know why he's doing what he's doing. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Right. It's just a little a little more a little more meat to the story. That's all. That's mm-hmm. all. It's just a little more dressing to it. It would it would help me a little bit more through the movie. Um, you know, again, if there were going to be that and the ambiguity of just picking a house or picking a family for no other reason except to collect one person and kill the rest. That's great. I think that's I think that's a really good concept, and it's been done before mm-hmm. in a much better way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sitting at it too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, on its own, I think this movie is is uh, yeah, it's it's a two. I think it's a good movie to watch. I think it's it was it was a fun movie, but you should pair it with the sequel, and I think you'll uh, you'll be much more satisfied. So. Let's see. I would. I haven't seen it, but I yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's something that you could watch and I think you'll get some enjoyment out of it but <laughs> yeah this is kind of the, the our double edged sword for us is that we have to sit there and analyze it and kind of pick it, things mm-hmm. apart of you know this is this is this this is that I think it hurt my score or my feeling about it because mm-hmm. I did that Maybe sure. maybe if I just kick back like a popcorn movie and being able to just kick back and watch it well, and enjoy the ride. And that and that's exactly the way I initially watched this movie. I, I watched it a while ago as well. You could probably tell. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, and, and I just watched it for enjoyment. You know, yeah. I didn't watch it as a as something to analyze or anything like that. And and I really I did. I, I thought it was a, a de- I thought it was good enough to watch a sequel. So I, and I think that's I, I could totally understand why that would be a more enjoyable time to watch it, just to be able to kick back and watch it. So uh, if you are going to watch it, make sure you <laughs> make sure you don't have a notepad in front of you taking notes right. or, or whatever. OK, so we're both sitting at it, too, saying, OK, but we either go good, bad or classic. I'd, OK, good. We'll go good. Yep, I think it's good. All right, well, coming up here in the next couple of weeks, uh, we are, like Andy said, we are doing the sequel, the collection from, is it 2012 or 13? I think it's 13, yeah. Okay. Uh, You should have left something that Andy's wife, Sarah, recommends that we watch, the Attic, or no, 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 you guys had watched that, the Atticus Institute. Yeah, the Atticus Institute, Sarah recommended. Uh, You should have left is a Kevin Bacon film again. Yeah, the new one. (laughs) The new new Kevin Bacon film. Does that guy have like, he's had like 12 resurgence of his career like right. his whole life you know every time you think kevin bacon's going away he's going to be in every third movie that comes out yeah, you know and i was i like most of the stuff he's in and, and th- this wasn't any different i i liked this movie uh you, you should have left um it's got i think we're gonna you're gonna find that it's kind of like this movie where it's middle of the road kinda, yeah right. <laughs> Nothing spectacular. Yeah. You know what makes me motivated to go watch though is Stir of Echoes back from. 99. Oh, that was fantastic. That's that's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I kind of want to go watch that. Yeah, again. you should check that out again because that's great. Uh, we'll start off August with the OG Wicker Man. Can't wait to see that again. Yeah, that, that, that's. A good and one. then uh, we're gonna bring Andy from Straight Chillin' Podcast on. August 14th, if he's available. Now, now we're going to see a movie called One Cut of the Dead, and I just want to take a little time to talk about it. it is, um, I don't know anything about this. I'm not going to read anything about this movie. I'm going to watch it on Shutter blind, not knowing anything about it. The only thing I do know is the first 30 minutes of the movie is one cut. There's yeah. no cuts whatsoever. It was done all in one take. Um, I know it's a zombie movie. It's a movie that was uh, made in Japan, played at only one theater in Japan, and it made a million times its budget. It was so low budget, but it made so much money. 
and it was it was there for like a whole year and people would go in droves always sold out shows so i'm intrigued yeah that's i mean amazing i, that's really I know how tired the zombie genre is and i get that <laughs> but i want to see this i i'm intrigued and the reason why we're bringing andy on is because he picked it as one of his favorite uh, I think it was number three of 2019, and I'm like, this is one that we need to watch. If it's that good, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Right, you know, give me a different spin on on uh, horror, on zombies. I'd love to see that. But yeah. anyways, all right. Well, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening to the Horror Euphoria podcast, episode number 69.